0: Look what God has done. You know, we could have put up there, maybe we'll do it next year. We'll just put faces and families and, and testimonies while that song is going on. And say, look what God has done. Amen. How many know your families have seen a change in you? Amen. What a miracle it is. And Noel means birthday. So we're celebrating the greatest birthday in the history of the world, amen? The one that changed everything. (laughs) Praise God. You know, we celebrate our birthdays big. Some people are extra big at it, and and birthdays are just weeks ahead, and my wife gets a whole week, it seems like. It seems like for for days we just celebrate her birthday, amen? And how many know that Jesus should get the the best birthday, the best wishes, the best praise, and the best glory, amen? I want to pick up this morning quickly just for a few minutes we're not going to take long we're still going to take communion this morning we're still going to have our candle lighting service but I want to pick up off this thought of the Christmas story and David read so beautifully Luke chapter 2 and he read the first verses and in just a moment I'm going to pick up 6 and 7 if you've got your Bibles Luke chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 if you're taking notes Uh, usually we have it a little brighter but we have it like this this morning so we wanted to be Christmassy and just different for the candlelight service so um, I'm going to read this Luke chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 says so it was and this is picking up where David read that while they were there now this is very important um, I'm going to stop here for just a minute and give you the, the explanation of what this message means um, and actually I'm going to come back to that the days were completed for her to be delivered verse 7 and she brought forth her firstborn son. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there, here's the key, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now I want to go back, if you would, to verse 6 and I want to look at this one part because there's an interesting thing about life itself, really. When we begin to read this Bible, and this is something that I've really come to the understanding of more and more in the last probably 10 years of my life, really studying, really Getting in and, and going beyond just reading the scripture, which is what we need to do, amen. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. That, that we understand that we live in the United States, beautiful country, wonderful country of freedom, and that we have. But this Bible was not written in our country, and it wasn't written with our culture and our traditions intact. In and so we've had to take a lot of of the Bible stories, and and a lot of people have taken them and, and put their own twist on them and it doesn't necessarily change the doctrine of it or, or anything but sometimes we don't really understand the story really like it was and for example we all have that picture in our minds of the manger and, and, and we all have a lot, a lot of people have manger scenes and you kind of picture that manger scene just being out in the middle of nowhere on a hill and that's kind of the pictures we see and everything but that's not really how it happened when this situation went down and that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. It says while they were there. So they had already got to the city. It wasn't like they were on their donkey and all of a sudden she, get, she went into labor and they said, hey, we need a hotel. Because that's kind of what we think about with the inn. We think about a hotel in our terms. And we have this picture of the, the man at the inn being the bad. We know we always have to have a bad guy in the movies, right? We always picture the man at the inn being the bad guy, and he's going to turn Jesus away. And he's going to say, we don't have any room for you at this inn. And maybe it was the day's inn in our thoughts, right? Or it's Motel 6. They'll keep the light on, but not for you, Jesus. That's kind of the picture that we have, but it's really not how it happened because as David read those first verses, we realized that they were going back to Bethlehem to do a census and so joseph was from bethlehem so picture that you're going back to where your parents live or your family lived or where you came from and you're gonna have somebody that you know in that city and how many know that when you have people over for christmas and i'm not saying this never happens but when you have people over for christmas or thanksgiving or they come into town you say hey come stay with us right rarely do you say hey i got a hotel for you uh, you know, because you don't want them to come. Now, I understand there are some situations where maybe the hotel should be purchased. Amen. But on, on most, I mean, we have our, in, our brother and sister-in-law here from Costa Rica, and I didn't tell them, hey, when you get here, I've got a La Quinta rented for you for the month. We'll split it half and half. Amen. We said, you come stay with us, and we gave them a room. I'm saying this because this is more how the story happened, is that they got to Bethlehem, and when she was about to have birth, they, they, they needed a place for him to give birth. But in the house where they were staying, most likely with Joseph's family, we don't know who they were exactly. The inn means guest room, not hotel. And here's the problem. When they had the king of kings come, they missed him and they didn't make room for him, and so they didn't have a special room for him. And so he got, ended up giving birth in the, in the manger and in the, in the stall of the animals because the family wasn't ready for them. So I have a question for you this morning in this message of this title. Is there room for, at your inn? Is there room at your inn? In, in your life for Jesus? Okay? Because the truth is, church, as we look at this story... They knew that they were coming. They had to, they had to say, you know, get there. Hey, we're coming for the census. Everybody's coming back home. And if they would have had a revelation of God, they would have realized not only do we have Joseph and Mary coming to stay with us, and, they're, and she's pregnant. How many, especially women here, mothers here, if you had a pregnant aunt, cousin, woman, sister, whatever coming, you would be thinking, I want her to be in a place where I would like to be. As a woman, because you know what giving birth is like. They didn't give any thought to that, and they didn't even go close to thinking that this might be the Savior of the world. This might be a special kid that's coming. And so they didn't make any plans or any preparations. So if taking notes, we must make room for Jesus. A lot of times at Christmas time, this is what we have to be careful not to do, is we can be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ because that's what Christmas is, and we can be so busy buying presents and having festivities that Jesus gets left outside the house. And this is exactly, I'm I'm not saying this in any way mean, this is exactly the picture I want you to see. If you invited someone over for Christmas and, and, and it, it my wife's birthday is the day after Christmas, and you invite them over for the birthday, and imagine having all these people over, and you're so excited about the party, and the food, and the catering, and the house being clean and the candles being lit, and everything looking good, that you totally forget about the person that you're having the birthday party for. Can you imagine that? And that's exactly what happened. When, when they got to this city, they, there was no room for them. And that's what this story is teaching us. And so, Revelation 3.20 says this. Jesus, in a future tense of like kind of what Brian was talking about at the offering, he, he, he was born, He grew up, He became the Savior of the world, and He gives this revelation to John near the end of the Bible. In Revelation, He says, I stand at the door and knock. That's what He does on the heart or life of every single person in the world. Everybody has it different, but everybody gets a knock. That night, church, as we sing about away in the manger and we sing silent night and we sing Noel and we sing all these beautiful songs that were written about Christmas, this is what Jesus was doing from heaven. He was saying, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to visit you. Prepare prepare for me to come. And those people, here's the thing, that they were too busy. With their life and the census and you got to imagine there's probably only a couple hundred, maybe a thousand people living in Bethlehem. And all these people are coming in, kind of like it gets around Christmas time. And, and there's no place for anybody and everybody's so busy that they don't know, you know what's important. That's what we have to be so careful about at Christmas. Because look what Jesus says, I come and stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him And dine with Him. And Him with me. Think about eating. I was thinking about this this week. That when you get to know somebody. You go eat with them. Or you have them over for food. Or. We had my sister and brother-in-law over on Friday night, and my brother-in-law cooked and did a, did a great job of feeding them. And we ate together because there was intimacy there. How many know if there's something intimate about eating together? If you don't know somebody real well, you might call them on the phone or say, hey, let's meet for a coffee maybe. But when you eat together, there's something of a friendship there. And Jesus is saying, I don't just want you to know about me. I want to dine with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want, you to, I, want, I want to have a place in your life. Amen? And so as we think about this, I want to ask you the question, have you made room for Jesus this morning? You say, well, I'm here at church. Pastor, come on. What are you talking about? In the big scheme of life and your plans, have you made room for Jesus? Maybe at some point in your life you made room, but today maybe at Christmas time even, when this is supposed to be the moment we're celebrating Him. That's why we say so much, so much, so much. It's He's the reason for the season, right? We cannot get caught up in all this Christmas stuff which is so beautiful and forget what we're celebrating. That's why I personally lead in the fact of giving a gift to the Lord on Christmas because I got convicted many years ago about buying presents for my wife and buying presents for my daughters and buying presents for other people and not giving a gift to my king. So that was a personal thing for me and, and that's why I say if you want to participate in this come on in and, and it's kind of grown into a tradition but that's, I don't just do it because oh it's going to help the church grow financially or it's going to help us at the end of the year that goes without saying money helps But it's about me spending more money on people than I do on my own Savior. And he doesn't need the money, but how many know when you give that gift to somebody? They don't necessarily need it. It's a want. It's something you do because you show that you love them. And you give that gift because you want them to know that you care. And so there's just an attitude that we have to think about. And I want to talk about a man in the Bible named Simeon. In the same chapter, and I want you to see the picture of how Joseph's family missed Jesus. Think about the Jews today. If you know the story of the Bible, when Jesus came, why, why, why today in 2021 is the Jewish nation still looking for a Savior? Why are they still looking for a Messiah? Because they missed him the first time. Because they were expecting him to come down and be born in the Ritz-Carlton. Or they were expecting to come and be born in a really nice place in a palace and, and to ride on a big horse and, and to be clothed with gold and all these nice things and, 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 and that's what they were looking for and so they missed the Messiah. And today they're still looking for Him and many have missed Him because their lives were too busy and now because they missed Him now they're looking for the, the coming Messiah and they're going to be fooled when they believe in the Antichrist. Because they missed Him. You can miss out on salvation, you can miss out on eternal life, but I want to talk about a man who was not too busy to catch the spirit of Christmas. And his name is Simeon. Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we'll pick up and it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. Now, as you think of Jerusalem, I want to say something that I'm going to come back to in a second. This is kind of crazy. Maybe you haven't heard me preach or heard a message in the last few months. Israel is, an, is the most important nation in the world. It is, it, is the, it is the thing that you look out for Bible prophecy to know what is happening. And it's one of the smallest nations in the world. It is the size of the Metroplex. If you were to drive from whatever point they mention of up here in Denton all the way to maybe down to Oak Cliff or, or Duncanville and then over to Fort Worth and all that Metroplex area, going over to Sherman or McKinney, is the size of the nation of Israel. And as you get to think about that, Jerusalem was six miles away from Bethlehem. Now, six miles walking is a long ways. If you were to start walking, it would take a while to go six miles, but you could do it in an afternoon. You could walk that. But what I want to show is how, even though that's very close, think about what Brian said at the offering about the Magi, that they walked at least, and I read the same thing, I studied that out too, at least 400 miles Walked, or camel, or donkey, or whatever. They didn't have cars. Someone told me before service that Jerry came up to me and said he searched it out in Jackson, Mississippi. is about 400 miles away. It would take nine days to walk that. Nine days. Like Brian said, takes some preparation. So this man in Jerusalem, only six miles from the birth of Jesus Christ, had a revelation. His name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout... And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I mean, he was looking for the Messiah. Just like we're looking today in this church for the return of Jesus Christ for the church. We are waiting this morning. We are celebrating Christmas. And I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I just speak for me because I have the microphone. It Christmas would be a beautiful, wonderful time for Jesus to come back and take us home. Amen. I'm looking. I'm watching. I'm waiting. I'm ready. I want to see my king. Amen. I don't want to just give him a gift here on, and a service. I want to wrap my arms around him and tell him how much I love him. Amen. So this man was looking for this. And watch this. This is key. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. We have to, the Bible says, you cannot believe in Christ unless the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Unless the Holy Spirit draws you to believe. And so the Holy Spirit was on this man. And I just told you, all the Jewish nation missed him, but this man didn't. Now watch something else. Watch this next verse. And it had been revealed to him. Actually, go back one second. I need to make sure I didn't miss one thing here. Uh, Okay, next verse. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, this is important. If he was reading the Bible, what they had at that time, he was looking for a Messiah from the prophecies. Remember, we always talk about the Old Testament revealing the New, concealing the New, and the New Testament revealing the Old. He was looking, knowing that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. Knowing that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. He he was looking at the scriptures. And watch this. This is key. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. Watch this next verse. And so he came by the Spirit to the temple. For us today, he was led by the Spirit to get to church. That's in our terms. But this is interesting because we, this, this makes me understand that it's very possible that the day he went to the temple was not a normal Sunday or Wednesday. Because how many know we know when we go to church, we okay, we're going to be there Wednesday. We're going to be there Sunday. That's the day we go to church. He was led on a day that wasn't Sunday or Wednesday and felt led to go to the temple because there, you never know when you're going to have a destiny moment. Being in the right place, at the right time. Just like you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. This man was listening to the Holy Spirit and something quickened him. It might have been a Monday, it might have been a Thursday, it might have been a Tuesday, but something quickened him to go to the temple and as he was there because you have to understand at that time the church was open all the time. They never closed. There was always somebody there. And so as they get to the temple, He gets in there and he doesn't know why he's there. But then it says, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus. Now he wasn't a baby anymore. Now he could have been a year and a half, two years old. We don't know exactly, but he was now growing growing up a little bit. And it says to do for him according to the custom of the law. So the Holy Spirit had him to be there just like he has you here today. Now watch what it says. He took him up in his arms and blessed God. Now I think about this, of uh, uh, the honor and opportunity that I've had many times to, to uh, dedicate your children. To present, we just did it a few weeks ago, to present your kids to the Lord. How cool would it be to dedicate Jesus? To hold the Messiah, the King of Kings in your arms. And he knew when he grabbed that baby, he was having what we talked about a few weeks ago as well, a Kairos moment. He had a revelation, as you're going to see here, that he realizes this is the one. He wasn't too busy. He wasn't wasn't too caught up. He wasn't too busy looking at Instagram or looking at Facebook or, or playing games. He was looking for the Lord and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He had made room in his life for Jesus to give him a revelation that would change his life. And he says, Lord... You're now letting your servant depart in peace. And this is important. Leave this up there for one second. According to your word. Church, a lot of times we say, Lord, what is your will for my life? What's God's will in this situation? I got news for you. If you're not using the word of God, you're not going to be in the will of God. If you're not reading this, you're never going to be in the will of God. You're always going to be making choices and decisions that are not the right ones. But when you're reading the word, we see here that he was led by the Spirit. And we see that he says, according to what I've been reading, I'm seeing this happen right now. 29. Sorry, 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared before the face of how many people? All peoples. He wants everybody to get it. So Now now look at this. This is even cooler. Not only does he have a revelation for himself. He says a light. This is going to be a light. That's why we're going to light these candles at the end of the service. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. This is important. Here, I want you to get this. Do you realize that your salvation today, if you're saved, is connected to somebody else's obedience? Your eternal name in heaven, in that book that like we talked about on Wednesday, is tied to somebody else having a revelation about Christ. Amen? Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Do you, do you understand that? Your, your revelation of Jesus tied to somebody else. This man, Simeon, because he wasn't too busy for Jesus... Because he had made room for the Holy Spirit and was in the Word, he gets a revelation that it says you're going to bring light to the Gentiles. Now, how many Gentiles do I have in here this morning? Let me see, your, let me see my Gentiles in here. Some of you are like, I've never been in church before. I've never been called a Gentile either. Amen. I've, I've never been called gentle. Amen. A Gentile is anybody that's not a Jewish person. So how many Gentiles do I have here now? Now, if you didn't raise your hand and you're not Jewish, I don't know what you are. Amen. Extraterrestrial. He has a revelation. He's going to bring light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which he were spoken of him. Look at the difference between Simeon and the people that knew Joseph and Mary very closely, family members. They were too busy to make room for Jesus and so when they realized that she was pregnant and the baby was going to happen then there there was no rooms prepared that was the key word today prepared for Mary to have that baby there was no place for to go and so here's another thing that a lot of people don't understand if you study this and I talked about this a few years ago I think at the old building in those times if you lived in Jerusalem it's not again like you picture this acres and acres of land not that some people didn't have that but animals were important in everybody's lives. They traded with them. They ate from them. And so they would have two or three stories in a house. And at the bottom of that house would be where the, where the manger would be. And manger means feeding place. And so they would go and, and, and around cold times, they would want those animals to be in that manger because it would bring warmth to the house. And so it wasn't like some, f- some forbidden place. It was still in the house. But the bottom line is it should have been in a room. It should have been in the best room. Are you following me here this morning? But it wasn't because they weren't prepared. And they weren't looking. And they weren't watching. And they weren't making room for Jesus. So I want you to think about this this morning. As I mentioned earlier, the distance between uh, Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Jesus comes on the scene as he gets older. And I think about this. As he gets older and he, wa- he walks into the temple later. Remember in the scriptures when he would rebuke the Pharisees and the Sadducees? How many remember the different times in America? He would say, you brood of vipers. Right. Have you ever invited somebody to uh, an event? Maybe it's a wedding, it's a birthday, whatever. And especially if there's RSVP and they RSVP but they don't show up. You remember? And that means you paid for their food and you paid for their plate and all that. And they don't come. How many know the next time you see them, you might look at them like... hopefully it doesn't last forever but you you're a little bit frustrated that you invited them they said they were coming and they didn't show up i think that jesus and he can tell me if i'm wrong but i just have a feeling that jesus every time he saw the pharisees and sadducees he was frustrated he said i invited y'all to my birthday and you didn't come and it was only six miles away are you getting this Six miles is a short here distance for us. A lot of walking, but listen to this: I, from here to the NBC Suites, that's a, probably. A, that, I thought that was a great example because it's big, can't miss that. That big, humongous hotel on three hundred and eighty. From here to three hundred and eighty is five point seven miles. That's the distance that Jesus was born from the distance of Jerusalem. Now, again, for us in a car, that's a few minutes, but six miles would take an afternoon. But it was close enough for those like Simeon to hear the Holy Spirit and go be at the birth. And all the people were invited. It was in the scriptures. But even his own family was too busy for him when he got born. But there was a man named Simeon who recognized it. And as Brian mentioned, the Magi came. And also, just so you know in the story, they did not come the night Jesus was born. It came when he was grown up a little bit, so an older child. This is all stuff that we don't understand. It all ties together, but here's the point: 400 miles. 5,000 miles doesn't matter. It was a long ways. They knew that they were going to see a king. And ha- can you imagine the preparation? Can you imagine the sacrifice? Can you imagine the finances that those men had to have to get to Jesus? Because they said, This is the most important thing in my life. It's not crazy when we go to a conference. It's not crazy when we give a best gift. It's not crazy when we give our best finances. It's not crazy when we go to prayer meetings. It's not crazy when we come to church three times a week. It's not crazy when we talk about Jesus all the time. It means that He's everything to us, He's the priority of our life, and He's the King of our Lord, of our life. And He's not an afterthought. Can I get an amen? How do we make room for Jesus? you know what's okay if these papers are flying around? Because air is hitting me. And if you're cold, they sell really nice jackets at Burlington Coat Factory. Because I can't take my clothes off. How do I make room for Jesus? He's number one. That's That's number one. He has to be the priority in my life. He has to be what comes first. I want to just, just hit this home with us a little bit as we're having Christmas celebrations right now. Do we get so busy eating Christmas cookies and eating food and all that that we go and put our food in our mouth and, and oh, 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 did we pray? I'm not saying that in a mean way, but we need to make sure that everything we do is prioritizing who Jesus is. He's the reason we're celebrating Christmas. This is His birthday, Amen. That's Noel, amen? And so priority is that all my, all my thought, all my heart, all my life is Jesus first. You can't, you can't ever be too crazy about Jesus. You can't ever be too in love with Jesus. That's why people say, oh, he's a Jesus freak. Yes, I am. I'm a Jesus freak. I'm not a Cowboys freak. I'm not a Yankees freak. I'm not a singer freak. I'm not some musician freak, amen? I'm a Jesus freak he died on the cross for my sins those people dress up at games and paint themselves and there's going to be somebody right now in Kansas City Missouri or Chicago Illinois today at a football game with no clothes on painted with their favorite team shouting like a crazy person but we can't get excited about Jesus and who he is to us this morning amen how many are thankful for who Jesus is Amen. He's everything. I'm excited about him. Everything about this time is the songs and the gifts and the time together is that Noel. Come and see what God has done. He changed my life. So Matthew 6, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? It's a promise. All the things that I need will be added unto me. Everything. When you sacrifice for the Lord, all you're doing is making room for God to do something great. Because when you sacrifice, what God gives back, if anybody's been saved long enough, is so much better. Number two, this is important. This might sound elementary. We make room for Jesus by reading His Word and praying. Simeon got this revelation because he was praying. says he was led by the Holy Spirit and he was in the Word. When you are praying, same thing, you can't pray too much, you can't read the Word too much. When you're in the Word and you're praying and you're reading your Bible, Psalms 1-2 says, delight in the law of the Lord and in His law meditate day and night. That's how I make room for Jesus. I spend time with Him. I get along with them, I pray, I read the Bible. This is our corporate time. This is the beautiful time that God says for us to come together as a church and do this, but we need to do this on our own. Amen? We need to have time of prayer and reading of the Word. And the third one is, we need to make room for Him to lead us. To lead our every step, to lead our every decision. Psalms 37 says, verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by God, and he delights in his way. So my question to you this morning, church, is have you made room? As the musicians begin to come, have you made room? Do you make room for Jesus? Is there room for Jesus at your end? That's the question that you have to answer. How important is Jesus for you this morning? Did you think, and one of the things that I usually do is, did you think about Jesus before this morning? When was the last time you thought about Jesus? Was it Wednesday when you were here last time, or was it last Sunday, or, or maybe was it Friday? How many know that Jesus should be on our mind all the time? When we go down to sleep, when we get up in the morning, we should be thinking about Him, because we love Him, amen? We're making room for Him. We're making decisions so that God can be what He needs to be in our lives. I want to give one more verse this morning that I just think sums up Christmas. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. There's just no words to, to describe. There's just no way to say how much he means to us. But I want us to pray this morning if you bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want us to begin to prepare our hearts and our minds for communion. And our hearts and our minds for this altar call. Some Time to talk to the Lord and say, Father, this morning I want to be like Simeon. I don't want to be like Joseph's family that was too busy that they didn't have any room prepared for Jesus, that he had to be an afterthought. I want to be, be sure this morning, God, that I'm making you every single day of my life the most important priority, the most important decision, the most important thing in my life. I want to make sure every day, Lord, that I'm reading your word and I'm praying That I'm being led by the Holy Spirit and not by my feelings. Led by the Holy Spirit and not by my desires or my wants. Lord, I pray that you would direct my steps. That I would understand this morning, God, how important my life and my decisions are to somebody else knowing Jesus. If you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, understand that when I'm selfish, and I don't make room for Jesus, and I let life come in and be more important, I'm not only hurting myself, I'm hurting people that need to know Jesus through my life. But when I make room for Jesus, and when I prioritize my life, and I make Jesus master, and Lord and King of my life and I prepare and I plan that Jesus would be number one in my life. I'm putting myself in a position to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that will tell me where to go and tell me who to talk to. As you're praying this morning, you're listening online, you're watching on the live stream this is why it's so important to never miss a service. Because you may hear a word that will change your destiny. This is why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because one decision, as I preached just a couple weeks ago, can change everything. Every decision matters. Can you imagine this morning the crown that Simeon has in heaven? To have recognized Jesus in this form of a child. And blessed that child and speak life over him and be able to prophesy this is the one. How much is God moving in your life? How much is God touching other people's lives through your life? I'm going to tell you this morning that how much you impact others has to do with how much room you make for Jesus. As you're listening this morning and you're here, you're watching online and you have never made room for Jesus but today the Holy Spirit is knocking Jesus is knocking on that door and he's saying let me in if you hear my voice and let me in I'll come in and dine with you I'll come in and change you think about this this morning if Jesus comes in and I give him the keys to my house and I don't tell him where to stay I say Jesus this house is yours and he comes in and tells me where to stay promise you Jesus isn't going to come in to be a dictator he's not going to come in to mess things up he's going to come in and put your house in order and when your house is in order there's peace joy love and thanksgiving so Lord I give you the keys to my house if you're here this morning and you've never opened that door today's the day the Bible says of your salvation would you lift your hand all across this place and say pray for me I see your hand, I see your hand, how many more, I see your hand, how many more, I'm going to make room for Jesus today, how many more, I'm going to wait just a moment, I need Jesus to come in, I'm going to, I'm going to make room at my end this morning, my heart, my heart is cluttered this morning, so you got to understand the Bible tells us that our hearts are wicked, the Bible says who can know it? So it's cluttered with with carnal thoughts and carnal ideologies, and it's flooded with things and life and anger and all, and we have to say, Lord, no more. Today, you're coming in, and you're going to clean my house. I'm going to give you the keys. How many more say, "I, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. Maybe you're here or you're watching online, and you've said that prayer before, but today you know that your house is full of clutter. You've got all the rooms full of stuff that you don't need and Jesus has no place. And you want Jesus to come back in and take lordship of your house again, lordship of your life. The Bible says our our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many could say that's me? I I need to come home. I need to open up the door again for Jesus to come back in. I've kind of pushed him out to the manger today. Just put your hand up and put it right back down let's stand to our feet this morning if you would and staying in this spirit of reverence behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone how many are thankful for that anyone not the good people not the people that have it all together anyone hears my voice and answers I'll come in and I'll dine with them if you raised your hand this morning and you meant that or maybe you didn't even raise your hand but something is you're hearing the knock you're feeling the knock you do you want to make sure today that you've made room for Jesus in your life would you just find the nearest aisle and just come down here real quick I want to pray with you for salvation come on just step out come to the nearest aisle come on let's give them a hand as they come I saw some more hands go up you put your hand up come on down come on we're gonna wait just a moment More hands went up. If you put your hand up, come on. Come on, step out and come down. Amen. Come on. Come on, make room for them this morning. I saw some more hands back here. Amen. Let's make room for Jesus. Yes, come on, they're coming. Amen, young man. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell the Lord. He is who He says He is this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We're going to say this prayer with those watching online. We're going to stay online today. We usually go off. We're going to stay on for the candlelight service and communion. And uh, if you're at home and you don't have anything prepared, in just a few moments we're going to take communion. If you can find some bread, find some grape juice. If you can't find something, God knows your heart. But we're going to do communion. But this is why the church is open. Listen, this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. It's why he came and was born, so that you'd make this decision today to give Jesus Christ your life. If everybody would just repeat this after me Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I open my heart to you. Right now I know you're knocking. I hear your voice. And I say, Yes. I come on in. Take lordship. Change my life. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. He was born of a virgin so no sin would be in his life. He died a perfect death and then he rose from the dead. Today I'm saved because of that and I believe it. Please write my name In the Lamb's book of life, please forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean of all my sins. Make me a new creation. From this day forward, I will make room for you. You will be my number one priority and my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. If you could just stand.